what is up everybody i am Ant, and you do not need to fix your sets this is not the attitude years this is uh our wwe raw recap i was gonna say raw's war it's not raw's war it's, it's actually not the attitude era yeah don't nah. adjust your vision because they're probably wondering what's tyler doing here and where's carlos we talked about where the undertaker has gone what has happened to Carlos? Yeah, man, the conspiracy. Is this a conspiracy? I think The Undertaker might be in charge of this too, man. I think he is. I, I think The Undertaker is definitely in charge of this show. He's taken over. He and is. things are not what they appear as seen, man. After that Hell in a Cell tag team match, don't turn your back on Taker. Um, But yes, we are here to cover Monday Night Raw. And uh, it is from last week, September 26, 2022. They were live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And uh, I could be wrong, but isn't that where Chris Benoit is from, Edmonton? I think so. I think he, Edmonton, Alberta. I, I believe so. He was from up that way. Dun, 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 dun. There's no one holding me back. Oh, yeah, his theme song. Sorry, now everyone can go. No, I, I, I think it's, it's important that you sing the theme songs. It just it, adds. It adds it, it's to incredible. It. It gives them much more legacy. Well, we start out the night with uh, the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, coming down to the ring, and she's got Asuka and Alexa Bliss with her. And Bianca says, I learned from my mistakes. You should have faced Alexa alone, but no. Io and Dakota Kai had to get involved. Bailey, if you want my title at Extreme Rules, good luck bringing your girls, because mine will make sure it will be you versus me. Then Bailey comes out with uh, Io Sky and Dakota Kai, who are the women's tag team champions. And Bailey says, "This is bigger than you versus me. You were groomed, and I was handpicked. I groomed my or no, she said you were groomed and handpicked. However, I groomed myself." Bailey says, "I said I was going to take your W take over WWE, and that's what I'm doing. You were chosen, and I'm taking over." Then Bianca says, "Girl, nothing has been handed to me." What have you been doing? Rehabbing? She goes, I'm sorry you got injured. And then Bailey goes, I did get hurt. I wasn't able to walk or run 10 months ago. However, I pinned you and I did that. Something that no one else could do in over 300 days. It's true. No one's beaten me. 300 days. Yeah, over that's 300 amazing. days. What a stat. Yep. I didn't know that. Seriously. Yep. And then uh, Bailey says, you need to fall in line with everyone else. Bianca says, when I made an event at WrestleMania, you were here, and I hit you with a KOD on top of a ladder at Hell in a Cell. Then Bailey says, the past is the past. You gave me a great idea, though. At Extreme Rules, I feel like winning the title in a ladder match. So the challenge is made. Bailey versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title in a ladder match. The first time wow. two women will go one-on-one -on -one in a ladder match ever um in WWE history aside from OVW where Beth Phoenix did that but we're talking about mainstream yeah, main WWE. roster that's unreal I mean that mm -hmm. both of them's going to be in a ladder match I, I can't wait for that this Saturday yeah and I liked how they uh sort of made sense for the match there's a reason it's not just a regular ladder match yeah they're really just not throwing it. it together for the yeah. sake of just having a gimmick match a ladder match mm -hmm. which is there's history behind match. it you know Bailey knock Bianca Belair knocks out Bailey with the KOD on the ladder so what did you think about the promo between the two? Uh, Bailey is basically saying, like, I'm, you know, did it all myself. You were sort of handpicked. 
What do you think? Do you agree with her? And uh, what do you think about the rivalry so far? I think there is a lot to side with Bailey for because Bianca Belair, to her credit, has been that star that was elevated since the feud with Becky Lynch. And because yeah. of the injury to Becky at SummerSlam, who I, I happen to be there, uh, just a little, you know, information there. I'm, I'm bragging. I, I can't. Uh, yeah, dude, that's a total fucking brag. You got to see my girl Becky Lynch. You got I know to see it was in Nashville, the Music City. Nissan dude, I'm talking. No, you know what? I'm mad because you, yeah, I well, just I, forgot that you got. I, I got him mad. You see it? Leave it to me. I, I bring the heat, man. I, I'm being the heel here. Uh, but no, yeah. going back to your point. Uh, yeah, I really like Damage Control. I like EO Sky, Dakota Kai, and Bailey. This lead faction. Who knows? how many more members they will have by the end of this thing. It keeps growing. That's what I love about long-term storytelling, the whole process here. And and I'll tell you, Bianca Belair, she has been on fire. She's been one of my favorites. Uh, it's really hard to put it into words just how much work she has put in. Alexa Bliss, Oscar mm -hmm. has been in some nice additions. So I was fine with it because she had to do something on the ladder to Bailey for this to become personal to me. That's how you invest in it. That's why the Riddle-Rollins storyline has been so compelling, the whole feud and rivalry there. And I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. There's been some news about that. Yeah, so concerning yeah. that match, mm -hmm. uh, and a little hint, he's uh, been with the UFC. Yes, sir. I know. I made a little thing about that yesterday uh, when I found out. But, yeah, I mean, we also have Survivor Series coming up, and we know that Triple H did mention that he plans on doing a War Games match. It wouldn't make sense not to do damage control being in there. So normally, if I'm correct, war games is usually four on four. So we I would think need, so. as you said earlier, there might be a new member if they're going to do that. You would need a fourth woman, or maybe just they're just going to have someone. Um, but yeah, I do like damage control. I'm excited. I like all three of them. Uh, and yeah, they're bringing the heat. They're taking the. Uh, I do too. I, they're doing some great things. And uh, Bailey, I think, had been wanting this faction. Maybe Triple H himself, obviously, and. Uh, I love getting the little NXT flavor mm -hmm. with people who were established, let's be honest, in NXT that are yep. the main roster stars. So I think this is a winning formula. Yep. I kind of wish, though, to be honest with you, um, and maybe they will do this, they should make it like a um, a group of like former NXT people who, like, like you said, were successful and sort of like that's why they're taking control because they, you know, it, it wouldn't would it make sense for them not to be like they're coming up like Uli could be the leader because although Uli has been on top for a while, she hasn't been champion for much of it. Yeah, it's She's been sort a long of, time. Yeah, so she would make sense out of the four horsewomen. Bailey's kind of the one that's kind of been you know pushed aside, so it would make sense for her to be like, no, time for me to take control. Dakota Kai obviously was in the women's title picture, was a former NXT women's tag champion. EO Sky, former NXT women's champion, former NXT women's tag champion. Both so, I mean, yep, amazing workers. And then you could add another person. Candice LeRae just joined. Who knows? Maybe yeah, she. Yeah, maybe Candice LeRae. And I'm jumping ahead. No, I, I think it's, it's okay. awesome. It's yep. your show. Who cares? Yep. Yeah, that's the thing. Dropping. I mean, well, Carl's actually surprised me with it before it happened, and I was so mad. I was like, no spoilers. Like, yeah, we're going to see it anyway. They're like, no, don't tell me. Carlos, you've got to be a, a better teammate, my friend. We we love Carlos. Seriously, I'm, I'm just yeah. giving him a hard time. Yeah. Uh, but, spoilers, yeah, please. that's the thing. you got to be careful. There's spoilers. Uh, yeah. Leave it to Paul Heyman. 
you know, what, what's he say, the old saying about the spoilers? Uh, anyways, though, yeah, we could see a lot of uh, new members. And Bianca Belair, I'm kind of ready for the whole Alexa Bliss Oscar experiment to kind of end, though. Yeah. I don't think it has the longevity that a damage no. is going to have. Yeah. But I'm with you. I like your idea for Survivor Series, you know, having these NXT, you know, alums or even new co-ops against, mm -hmm. you know, former alumni that have been established, yeah. like we just referenced, would make for some great television and great premium live events, equivalent to the pay-per-views on Peacock yeah. now. And I mean, also, too, something to think about, too, and consider is that now that NXT UK is done, you could grab a group of girls from that brand. I know that they're, you know, obviously combining them with the NXT group, but, you know, Kaylee Ray, Alba Fire, whatever, she... But anyways, oh, what? she would fit because they're featuring her now. Like mm -hmm. you said, that brand is over. So you've had Tyler Bate. You just had Worlds Collide. You're going to have mm -hmm. Halloween Havoc, mm -hmm. where uh, Dragonoff showed up from yep. uh, that brand. That's going to so be good. You, yeah, you've got a lot of uh, moving parts that I think people and fans are more energized now. And uh, to your point, and I, I think it's all just pretty fun to think about the what ifs of how mm -hmm. Triple H can go about it and. I think he's doing amazing things. You got to give him time. It's not going to be overnight, but we're slowly starting to see, maybe even quickly, uh, his touches. You know, think about Dexter Loomis, that whole storyline, and and maybe Bray Wyatt, maybe it's somebody else, maybe it's Baron Corbin with this White Rabbit teases. I mean, mm. a lot of things. A lot just, of stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited because you know we got we got some stuff brewing. So let's. Cover the match before the match starts. So Sokoa and Sami Zayn arrive backstage in a black Hummer, and you know, just props to see them. Really yeah, not it's much. It's great there. seeing uh, both those guys. I mean, part of the bloodline. The bloodline. So let's go over this match. Bianca nails a backbreaker to Io Sky. Uh, Bianca nails a delayed suplex and a springboard moonsault and gets two count on both moves. Io nails a top rope arm drag. Bianca dives onto Bailey and Dakota Kai outside. And then Bianca lands a KOD to EO and gets the three count. So, I mean, Bianca just looking dominant here. This makes her look strong. I mean, EO Sky's going to be somebody who's going to fly through the air, be quicker, but Bianca's going to do all the athletic stuff, be powerful, be the EST of WWE for mm -hmm. a reason. And you got to keep her looking powerful. I mean, I, I think she's in that spot. She's the champion. And you want her to beat the damage control members because her and Bailey are going to have that big ladder match you alluded to for Extreme mm -hmm. Rules. So it all makes sense. So I, I'm fine with it. I'm like you. I thought it was a, a solid match. The champ's been looking strong, and we'll cover SmackDown oh, pretty she soon. Has. But she looks strong here tonight on Raw. Uh, moving on, we see Rey Mysterio backstage. And uh, he basically says, There's nothing like holding a newborn baby you know, in your arms, and you always want what's best for your child, especially, you know, as a baby. Um, right. He says, I will never fight my son. He says, I don't know what happened to the kid that I raised. He goes, but I know that that kid, Dominic, right now, that's not my son. So I really like that um, that storyline. It's not like a stupid, like, oh, my son. He's making it more... Um, intricate, like he's talking about the fact that, like, you know, you do want what's best for your kid. You never want to fight your kid. It doesn't um, feel silly what yes. you're, you're discussing, because yes. you got some stories, these sagas, you can uh, say another relative word to it, that seem cartoonish, 
this feels definitely more realistic because this is a real life father and son mm -hmm. and you've got dominic joining this judgment day speaking of nxt groups mm -hmm. that was representation that was indicative of something yeah. you could do at survivor series which they've already done so it made me automatically think of an for example a judgment day but I like the whole uh, dialogue between Dominic and Rey Mysterio, and I know we'll we'll get more of that on this recap, mm -hmm. man. But uh, you're bringing up some great points. I, yeah. I really can't disagree. And I think too, like as I watch this, of course we're doing the uh, two years, which you obviously could check out in the archives. Check um, it out. But um, it's reminding me kind of Kane and Undertaker. I will never fight my brother. You know, you hear those infamous words. I never, you know, that ain't gonna happen. Rey Mysterio. He's trying his best not to yeah. want to fight him, but after Edge had to try to put Dominic in his place after that epic betrayal, mm -hmm. uh, eventually it's going to have to go yep. to that place. Rey Mysterio is going to have to go to a darker place. And I can see, Tyler, like I can see this happening at Mania, because if you count back, if you think about it, Kane debuted in October, and it took sure. him until Mania to fight Undertaker, and that was in March. That would be the same time zone as Dominic turning on Rey. Or, you know, and then he actually fights them. But I mean, I feel like you need to save that. If they keep the storyline where, you know, they don't touch each other until Mania, then it would be perfect. That might special. not happen. But And it goes back to good psychology, if mm -hmm. not great uh, mind games. That, that's what wrestling's one of their strong suits and build upon it. It's great to get the in-ring product, but it goes back to segments, all that uh you know, ties into it. It's the connection. And I think if they do, you know, lead up to a WrestleMania match to have Rey Mysterio Dominic, let's see what the kid could do against his old man. I, I think yeah. fans would definitely buy into it. They're already buying into it. Let, yeah. Let's be fair. And if they're going to touch any, in my, the way I book stuff, if I was a booker, if you have these marquee pay-per-views or WrestleManias, if there are going to be matches on those cars, and those guys and girls on that card cannot touch each other unless it's like a very quick screw job type. It can't be a like if it's Sasha versus Bianca at WrestleMania, Sasha cannot pin Bianca before WrestleMania. That can't happen. And and vice versa. Because it, exactly. They cannot touch until the show. That's what I would do. Was it uh, Triple H and Undertaker, or was that a, a Kane Undertaker thing? But because I was thinking there was more storylines similar. There to were that. more. You're right. I think Undertaker couldn't touch. Yep. But I think the reason why I brought up the Undertaker Kane thing was the time frame of it. Because if they are going to do Ray versus Dom, they have a long time to get to Mania. But what I'm saying is that, like, if I they see. lead up to it and they have like where, okay, Dominic, you know, maybe pushes Ray in front of a car does something dastardly and he touches him you in just that never way. know and then that gets ray off for a bit of tv do something like that have dominic start to build himself up a bit in singles matches and then come late february ray comes back now we're fighting at mania let's do it that's what i would do if where I it's a little closer yep yeah, we'll have him get no, I, I like that destroy him you know, he's going to be gone for a bit. Build up Dominic to not be the top guy, but have him get a couple of wins. And then out of the blue, like if it was me, 
I would eliminate Rey Mysterio now and be like, yo, you're not coming back right till February. Let's have these people forget about you. And then when you come, it's going to be like, and then it's going to be, yo, I'm coming. And Dominic does some dastardly shit up until that point. And then Ray's like, nope, coming to handle it now. You know, my problem, though, is that I don't like Dominic really with Judgment Day. That's going to be unpopular. Um, I like him and Ray against each other. Yeah. I feel yeah, but that's where I would disagree. Well, maybe they could break up. Maybe he could do his own thing. Like, maybe he could say, you know, I just, you know, but they're not going to. They're not going to. Yeah. And I, I get I have to be patient with the yeah. whole ordeal with him and Rhea Ripley. That, as entertaining as that's been, uh, to me, Dominic is just more that baby face. He's that good guy. Mm -hmm. And it's, I know you to be a great wrestler, you've got to be able to do the other role, be the villain. But he's just, I think, because he's so young, and I know he's gaining experience. He's been in there with his dad, Rey Mysterio, with Edge, you know, and now with Finn Balor and, and all these others. They're, he's gaining wisdom. I, I don't doubt that. But it just feels to me I'm going to have to give it more time because that's been yeah. my one critique just as a fan. Not that I would know how to book this stuff. But if I'm going to yep. be transparent, yep. it's, it's got to connect more. I well, I wonder, it. you know what I wonder? It would be smart if they did this. And I'm and I'm talking from someone who, um, like, I'm trying to, like, make it, like, a real thing. Let's say they're not going to do this. But I think this would be cool if they're, and then we got to go really quick. Um, We'll come right back. Dominic is like, all right, I'm going to work with these guys. I'm going through it. I'm sad. I'm a moody kid, whatever. And then over time, he's just like, you know what? I used you as a jumping point. You know, no offense. You don't need me. I don't really need you. Let me do my own thing. He moves on and just is a bratty Austin Theory type, like, oh, I'm this, blah, 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 you know, different character. And then Ray comes. I mean, because the thing is, nobody really likes Dominic. So you have to embrace it. You have to embrace the fact that people don't want to see him smiling. And, you know, maybe that's what he needs to do. Maybe he needs to be like Ray a Ray could sitting straight, kind yeah. of like Kevin Owens has been doing the Austin Theory. Yep. Because you brought that up. Yep. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come right back with more from Raw State. Welcome back. Yes, we are Uncensored Progressive Podcast. I'm Ant, joined by my friend and co-host, Tyler. It's not Carlos. No, it's not Carlos. What happened to Carlos? Where's Carlos? I don't Carlos? know. When we normally film this or record this, we don't normally do uh, video. So uh, those folks at home, unless they've seen a post I've shared, don't get to see Carlos's beautiful, gorgeous face. I know, so. Carlos. See, that's why we're doing video. You're messing out. You need to do more video. The listeners and viewers are demanding it. See, the eyebrows of Ann are going up. There's uh, some... Innuendos, I guess, is how you said. Oh my goodness, Los Lothario vibes here. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so Los, hurry up and run. Um, so uh, we see the Miz backstage with security, and uh, he calls them the Miz Force, which I found funny. And Miz says, funny. "Make sure he who shall not be named is not here in the arena." Obviously, he's talking about Dexter Loomis. I'm still wondering what happened, what transpired between those two. Uh, we just know that Dexter has a want and need to pet Mrs. Face. He does. Uh, Dexter Loomis has got his agenda, and it's definitely target and make the Mrs. life a living hell. And uh, you know what? Why does he go after Maurice? 
I mean, that would be my choice. But the Miz is so talented and uh, and every. I don't want to do too much. Maybe of he the, wants the to get rid of the Miz stuff. for Marys. It could be. And Andy Hartwell, he could have both of them. Uh, I, I think it's wonderful. And that's, I love this because, hey, we both like horror movies. It's kind of got the some wide uh, vibes to it mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, not to go that, that far, but Dexter Loomis is very uh, multifaceted in what he could do. So I'm good with this. Uh, we, we just gave Triple H a lot of props, and, and rightfully so. He, he's given us some... Yeah. I see very compelling TV. And I like how we still don't have answers yet. That keeps you intrigued. If you give everything away the second week, it's like, okay, we know. That's why this whole White Rabbit thing is interesting. Um, all that good stuff. Yeah, like any good movie or TV show that you want cliffhangers but don't overdo them. Mm-hmm. That's why I think uh, with Triple H and all the creative team, all the producers, they are – putting their vision in there and they're giving these wrestlers some kind of freedom, but they still not too much where it's ruining, it's diluting the product. So I'm very happy to see like Loomis get an opportunity. A lot of these people who were released and now he's re-signed back. We, we don't have to go over that because people get bored. We, we've heard the stories. We, we know by now if you follow it, uh, but I'm, I'm very, I'm like you, intrigue's a great word. It's just, mm-hmm. it keeps you guessing and you want more and you can't wait to watch the next week. It's very intriguing, sir. Um, speaking, well, I got here on this. Um, speaking of uh, intriguing, Seth freaking Rollins comes out, and I hate calling him Seth freaking Rollins. I just want to refer to him as Seth Rollins. I don't like the freaking part. He just—he's good enough just to be Seth Rollins. In your face. Yeah, in your face. In your house. In um, your house. Hey, that—that's a throwback. In your house. In your face. Um. So. That was hot. Um, Seth Rollins comes out and he grabs a microphone and he says, I'm not U.S. champion because of Matt Riddle. Matt has cost me for the last time in two weeks. We'll finish this at Extreme Rules inside the fight pit. Nobody thinks I stand a chance. It doesn't matter what type of match it is. I've won them all. As good as Riddle may be, he's got nothing on me. I have an Einstein acumen about the fight pit. This is after the match. People will all call me king of the fight pit. And he says, I'm about to give father of the year, Rey Mysterio, the beating he's too scared to give to his own son. So some choice word words from Seth Rollins. And he's reigniting this rivalry that he had with Ray back in 2020. Um, yeah, he, he is. I mean, Seth Rollins, he knows how to get that message across as the villain. And he knows what words will get under the skin of opponents, even a legend like Rey Mysterio. And King of the Fight Pit, those were some strong words from Matt Riddle. I mean, we'll find out in two weeks if those words can keep up. But Seth is saying, you know, if it's not for real, I would have been champion and this is it. And when Seth makes a promise, he tends to kind of try to keep it. So let's go over the match. Uh, Ray sends Seth face first into the steps, which caused Seth to bleed right away. Which is interesting because I was like, what happened? He's bleeding. Seth nails a tilt the world backbreaker to Ray, which is very cool. Seth nails a gut breaker. Dominic walks out with a steel chair and he, Dominic, pats Seth Rollins back on the way out. Um, Seth does, he tries to go for three amigos. He only nails two. And then Ray nails a DDT. Ray then hits a Hurricane Rana into the corner. Ray then nails a seat, nails a seated senton springboard crossbody, but gets a two count. 
Seth nails a buckle bomb and then a Falcon arrow, which then gets a two again. A lot, a lot of back and forth action here. Ray oh, nails so a, much. So much. Ray hits a flying splash, gets a two. He misses a 619. And then uh, the two of them end up outside, and Dominic drops a chair to Ray Mysterio and basically gets on his knees again, like he did last week, and dares Ray to hit him in the face he with a chair. He just wants Ray Mysterio to hit him. That, that's all it is. And I, I think us fans are wanting to. Give him a piece of his mind through a still cherry. Dominic, this is part of being in the man edge with trying to tell you, teach you that lesson. Mm-hmm. But Rhea Ripley, uh, of course, you know, let her leg says again, you're, she's your poppy. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, well, speaking of Rhea Ripley, she comes out and she tosses Ray Mysterio into the ring post. Seth lands a stomp and then he applies, interesting, instead of going for a pin, he actually applies a Peruvian necktie. And Rey Mysterio is passed out. It's like a sort of almost like a um, like a headlock submission. It I, was interesting. I, I think I've seen it, but the hero called the Peruvian necktie. Huh. What's next? The the, uh, the Spanish fly submission hold with a you know. I guess. Fly. I'm trying to think of some weird names, but you know, with all due respect, obviously that's the title. I, I've just that was a first for me. I, I've heard of the some Peruvian necktie. So Rollins sending a message to Brittle saying, you know what? I can beat you. I can make you pass out. I don't even need to put you in a stop. I could put a submission hole and you'll be done. Obviously, Rey Mysterio is not Matt Riddle. And Rey Mysterio Mysterio did get pushed into the post. So there was a distraction there. Um, We really went over Rey Mysterio and uh, Dominic a bit earlier. What do you think about Rollins? I mean, lately he's been having on Raw like... Every match he's had on Raw lately has just been a barn stopper. Um, do you think Riddle and, and Rollins is it's gonna main event? I feel like they're gonna have that main event spot at Extreme Rules. There's no that WWE undefeated title. Yeah, Roman Reigns won't be there. Uh, yeah. I think they should. They deserve it. Uh, you've got a UFC legend. I'll, I'll let you name him. But these guys, I told you, it's off air. One of the uh, better and greater rivalries that. Uh, WWE is doing currently. Mm-hmm. It's between Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Rollins is a visionary. He he is an architect. Excuse me. He's one of the greatest workers ever. And Riddle can work. He brings an MMA style from the UFC. Yep. So I, I like how they made it personal from weeks ago during that promo. And they have these brawls. I mean, it's just controlled chaos where it's not just thrown all over the place. These guys have a reason to be mad at each other. It's good to see officials, referees out there, yep. so you get a sense of some realism. That's missing. Yep. And thank talking God, about each bad. other's wives, you yeah, know, talking I mean, about each other's wives. I mean, it doesn't. Kids. Get, yeah, kids, everything. I mean, they put it all out on the table. With yep. all due respect to Roman Reigns, Logan Paul, on the table, but it, it's you know, it's been good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I love it. So I think they deserve the main event headline Extreme Rules in this yeah. good match. And, it's uh, been a rivalry for a while now. And, we, you know, we missed their match at SummerSlam. We did get them at Clash at the Castle. We need to finish this. Rollins always has his trilogies, you know, since last year he's been. Oh, he does with trilogy. Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Isn't that weird how he's, he's, he started out with Edge with the trilogy. Then mm-hmm. he, what did he do for day one? Didn't he have like. I don't know what he did. But then, I don't know what he did. I forgot what he did at day one. But I know he fought Roman at Rumble. And yeah, then Rumble. Uh, he went on to take on, um, who was it? Uh, Cody Rhodes at Mania, and they had their trilogy. Then after Rhodes, it was uh, Riddle, right? 
I think it was Riddle. I, I think it pretty much went to it. I, at least that's the big storyline that he went into. I yeah, can't and remember I'm cool. if anybody's in between. I'm cool with the with the storyline where it's like three times. Some people don't like to see them fight all the time, but if they're going to keep bringing it, keep on bringing it. It's like the TLC matches with the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudleys. Keep bringing it. Um, here's, let's move yeah, on, here's though. Here's the thing. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, here, here's the, the point I was just going to make real yeah. quickly. I didn't mean to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, no, go right in. It's uh, trilogies are good when, like you said, when it's anticipated you know intensified mm -hmm. uh you've got these two wrestlers that have these personalities that they can really wrestle they can bring a entertainment that keeps you engaged and i think people can enjoy those kind of matches where it's multiple and it's in big big pay-per-views and you get these segments on raws it's it just gives you an essence of hey this is real i can suspend my disbelief i can actually believe these guys are mad because there has been heat there I mean, they talked about it in interviews. I think that makes some of the best matches and the best segments ever. And I think we're seeing that in, you know, come out on TV. Well, I think a lot of fans have this idea of that we're not stupid, you know, and we, we know what's going on behind the scenes. Some fans don't know, and that's cool. Like, I don't like to know. But, um, you know, if you don't talk about a rivalry, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because we're going to find out. So face it head on. So, yes, you're I'm right. With you. So we see Matt Riddle backstage and he's talking to Bobby Lashley and Lashley pretty much wishes him good luck and just basically says, don't let Seth Rollins get out of it this time and also don't get involved in my matches. And Riddle's like, okay, cool. Um, we then move on and we see Kevin Owens and Johnny Gargano walking backstage. They have a tag match coming up and uh, we see the Mrs. Security Force. They're like passed out backstage. So something happened to them. Yeah, something uh vicious happened and attacked him i wonder who that is did we get the answer we we found out didn't we uh yes we did uh but we have our next match first uh, we have alpha academy taking on kevin owens and johnny gargano and of course alpha academy come out with flags representing the united states they're in canada so the heel brilliant move yeah because yes. you want to represent americana and go up to canada and really put it throw it in their faces i bet there was a a shush or how does he say it i you know, well, he just English. came out with the flag, surprisingly. They didn't talk before, which I'm surprised. Normally, they do. Normally, they have a promo. Uh, 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 that's my promo. That's how I'm tired. Um, so... I think it's a great promo. Tired always makes for just good podcasts. It, oh, it does. Probably, yeah, it probably would. Uh, so here are some notes from this match. Kevin Owens nails a senton and a springboard moonsault to Chad Gable against a two-count. Owens hits Johnny Gargano with a huge slam in the ring. Um, Kevin Owens goes for a swanton, but Chad Gable gets his knees up. Johnny Gargano sends Gable into the post, and then Kale lands a send swanton and gets two. Chad Gable nails a German Northern Light suplex into a slam to Johnny Gargano. Um, Otis accidentally runs into the ring post, and then Kevin Owens super kicks Otis onto a table. And then KO nails an elbow drop off the guard railing to Otis through the announce table. However, Austin Theory runs down and distracts Johnny Gargano, but Gargano is nailed to, is able to nail the one final beat to Chad Gable and get the three-count victory. So Gargano and Kevin Owens outsmarting Austin Theory and Alpha Academy. What do you think of this pairing of Gargano and Kevin Owens? They've been pairing up for a bit now since they were on the bump together. What do you think? I like it. I, I've enjoyed it. You can tell they've got chemistry together. 
Uh, it's great seeing Johnny Gargano come up on the main roster, get called up, pardon me. And uh, I love that DDT, the final beat. You just said it. Uh, it just looks great. Everything he does is so uh, crisp would be a good word. I mean, just meaning smooth, very fluent is Gargano. And, and Kevin Owens, just every time this guy steps it up, he's on another level. I, I love what he's doing with Theory. I like the Alpha Academy. This helps them. Now, I mean, they're very talented, Otis, and especially Gable. Uh, Chad Gable, a former Olympian. I mean, I, I love watching him work and wrestle in the ring. I, I just something about when these guys are paired together or in a feud, even if it's a one match, one off. But I'm glad to see it continue because it makes sense. It just makes me want to watch. I, I get yeah. attracted to it. it. It's good stuff. I like seeing them as a team. Very good stuff, like you said. Um, we then see Finn Balor backstage talking to AJ Styles. And uh, he basically says to AJ, if we teamed, we would make history um, and Judgment Day can watch your back. And AJ Styles says, I pretty much have my own back. So, you know, we've been teasing this rivalry last week. They're talking backstage. We'll get some more between them later on. That's just a little basic thing happening backstage. We then go again backstage to um, Austin Theory. And he tells the Alpha Academy that they have to get even with their opponents and then Braun Strowman calls Austin Theory's phone and he challenges Chad Gable to a match next week on Raw and then um, we also find out next week will be Otis taking on Johnny Gargano and uh, they claim that will be the end of Gargano's short and sad career so Alpha Academy busy next week yeah Alpha Academy is very busy and I like Braun Strowman back I think him being away has helped him and he mm. man looks in great shape he was always a, a big dude but seeing the pictures that that dude shredded and he's mm -hmm. just got that voice that demeanor and uh they're doing right by him and i'm glad to see him get another opportunity see i think i'm gonna give you my honest opinion i feel like he's been very lackluster with his return i feel like with all these other people who have returned you're not really talking about braun i mean not not you but i mean like you know we're talking about carrying cross we're talking about um you know who else is returning? That's just been Johnny Gargano, yeah, Gargano. Dexter Loomis, all these people who, you know, are coming back. They're getting talked about more than Braun Strowman. I wonder, you know, do you have an idea maybe why that is? Do you think, because I mean, you like the way he's being booked, but do you think that maybe it's, I don't know. What do you think? I think uh, it's a valid point you made there. Uh, the reasoning, Braun Strowman's that big guy. I think he's limited to what he's able to do. He's not going to be the worker, the wrestler those guys are. Even some of the bigger guys are going to be better wrestlers. That's not a knock on him. His uh, whole arsenal is to be more power, strength, and do the running move around the ring to come out, maybe attack somebody, make an impact, make a big statement. And I, that's how I'm viewing it. Uh, but I get he's not – He's under the radar as far as those names. I, I shouldn't say under the radar. He's just not getting mentioned yeah. enough. That that would be the yeah. proper term. He's definitely. Under but I'm the radar. surprised though, don't you think? I mean, he's a former number one contender for the title. He's he's the you know the monster among men. I would think with him coming back, you know, because he's always been. There's really hasn't been any change with him. He's always been the guy that chases after the people. And I'm just surprised that the fans haven't. Been more like, oh my God, Braun Strowman's back. You know, I feel like he, they kind of brought him back, and he's not this big attraction that I think he should be, which I'm confused as to what the disconnect is. Well, that's the thing. There is a yeah. disconnect that is yeah. hurting him. They've got to build him up, and I, I think yeah. that's what they're doing. They're attempting. Yeah. I, I think they were excited, and I think the problem is, and 
I have to speak to it and be honest. I, I have to run on stories and rumors, and unfortunately, as neat as that can be, it will ruin the surprise atmosphere. And I think that kind of hurts some of these people because they kind of know that's why sources have to leak it out. That's why WWE might as well do it. Used to, they, I mean, they're still trying now, especially with this Bray Wyatt deal, even though there's been the teases. Who knows? It may not even be Wyatt. We're just hoping. Uh, but I think that's that's a lot that factors in. I'll I'll even take a shot at myself. Not websites. I'll just say, as a person that has to do it, there's a part of me. If I'm being transparent, I think that kind of, it really does hurt the product a little bit. I mean, I'm supportive of of what I'm doing. It's just, I think that's it. I mean, and it's not the only reason. I mean, there is a disconnect. Yeah. Ross Roman, I mean, has to show us more. I think he we're getting that in little shades here and there. Yeah. But you're you're right. He's got to be able to get to that level as some yeah. of these other guys. But I I think it's due to the work rate and just the different styles too. I, I think because he can only be presented in a such a way. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I agree. I mean, I think I don't know. I don't know, man. We'll see. I, I'm not really a big guy fan. I'm more of the like, you know. I mean, he he's he's a very fast dude. You know, don't get me oh, wrong. He's but very quick for a I guy. do. Yeah, I do feel there's a disconnect. I don't know why, but let's move on. No, that's fair. I, I respect your your opinion. Yeah, speaking of another tall guy that doesn't do it for me, Omos comes out with MVP, and he basically beats two jobbers again. Um, he After the match, he attacks them both, and he lays them on the announce table and stands over them. For me, you're not going to look strong or dominant by being two unknown people. That will never work for me. I know they have to have people do that. But you're not going to, you already know you're going to annihilate these people. I don't care if you have 50 of them. If you're Omos and you have little Johnny whoever, you're going to get annihilated. I, I can't stand this whole thing. Uh, even with MVP, as much as I, I like MVP, one of the best talkers and very talented wrestler, Omos needs to be back in developmental. I think not even on NXT TV. Yeah. I think the uh, bloom's been off the rose. I think they tried to rush him in there because he had that look. He was this big giant. But unfortunately, he can't move. He can't work good. You can do anything. No, and that's they're trying to get him over by doing the whole Andre the Giant thing. Well, it worked for Andre because Andre could still work. Omos is not Andre the Giant. I hate those comparisons. And I, I'll be well, I people. think, too, also, again, Tyler, like you and I can understand this. Andre was different. Like, I'm sure if Andre came out, like, now in 2022, we probably, he wouldn't be the eighth wonder of the world. He's He was the first one to really do it. So you're right. It's not really, it's hard to compare to Andre because there is no comparison. Andre was the guy no, who put Giants on the map. He, and, he did. And, you know? and it's, yeah, it's been their formula. I mean, I, I know McMahon and, and it's smart because I get the, the picture of the guy, the description, he's huge. I mean, the cameras can make him look even bigger. He's 7'3", but the problem is he does nothing. No. It's not a, It's not as much as connecting with the audience. It's that you can't connect to the story in the ring. That's also an aspect yeah. of it. So when I, I turn him on, that. I'm like, it's like watching Herman Munster fight. He's slow. He's got like this like very like, like 50s robotic. It's too know, slow. Monster. Yeah, it's... And it's not, I'm sure he's a great guy, you know, and I'm sure, yeah, you know, it's not a knock on him personally. But it's just like, if you're going to compare him to a giant, compare him to Braun Strowman. Right now, they're both two giants in the same company, and what are they two doing differently? At least Braun is making and doing something. He's running, he's doing this, doing that. He's showing that. energy. He, he's yeah. showing, and he can Omos work better is than Omos. Really, 
Yeah. Omos is, yeah, he's awkward. I, I think he's so big, he is a little bit awkward. He's like a giant from Jack and the Beanstalk, you know, no energy, no purpose, just I want to eat you, and then that's it. <laughs> it makes no yeah, sense. And the enhancement talent are not only getting him over, but they have, he's got to thank them for making him look so dominant. I mean, that's pretty obvious. I get it. But again, though, Tyler, you, you'd have to be an idiot if you see Omos taking on the two guys that he fought on Raw and really think that he's going to not stand a chance against them. Like, put him up against, like, if you're going to put him up against jobbers, then put him up against bigger jobbers, jobbers who, like, look like, okay, he's not going to be that easy to beat. That you are going to challenge him, test him. Yeah, they're putting him up against a blonde-haired, Heat Slater-looking dude, and then another dude, and I'm just so confused. I'm like, he's going to annihilate these people. So it makes sense for him to win, even against two guys, especially as big as he yeah. is. We're, we're not arguing that. The problem is Omos needs more training, or maybe he just needs to go away for a while and then come back. Maybe that'll help him. I'm not sure. Or at that... least have him get beat up. By his, like He's just like constantly beating up people. And then he's he got to learn to sell. He he's has to yeah. learn. Because it can't always be all offense all the time. That's I lose him. Yeah, I mean, he, he's doing his... Hear me roar. I can't even do the giant voice. You did it. Oh. Uh, that was pathetic. But uh, case in point, it's just even with MVP, they're they're trying to give him that mouthpiece, that mm. guy, and it's not, not doing, doing it. anything. Yeah. Not doing it. MVP. It's a shame. Well, let's move on. Miz is backstage, and um, he sees the Miz Force passed out, and he's upset, and he's like, mad. I thought you guys were, you know, security guards. That you guys are great. However, Dexter Loomis is dressed up in an Oilers uniform, right? Is that what you would call it? Yeah, yeah the Oilers, yeah, hockey team. Um, and he Dexter nails the Miz with the hockey stick, and he puts the Miz in a silencer, and he starts to rub the Miz's head. Oh, it's perfect. I mean, that that's Loomis, man. He uh, he's great. You know why I like the name Loomis? Because it's like the Doctor Loomis at Halloween. It's very uh, poetic. In what? You know, Halloween. Loomis. Oh, Dr. Loomis. But yes, it's spelled, that's it's right. just spelled that's different. But that, it reminds me of that. He's got a creepy character, but that was the, what was it? The, uh, what was uh, Loomis's role in that movie? He was like a psychiatrist. Yeah, right? a psychiatrist. That's it. But, like, I think the problem is, like, he's kind of also, like, the thing with Dexter Loomis is, like, also the name Dexter. Like, I feel like he's trying to be, like, a serial killer, like, the character on um, the show, Dexter. Um, yeah, you could draw a parallel to Dexter. Yeah. He, he's stalking his victims like the Miz. They showed him in the house. Quick yeah. question. This is really early on in the game, and as quick as you can give me. What do you think the deal is? Why is Loomis going after Miz? What do you think is happening here? Because we don't know. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, no. Miz doesn't know either. He's like, why me? We don't know. Do you think there's more to it? Do you think he just wants to be of the Miz? Is there a goal behind Miz? Is there, what do you think is happening here? Because I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, it's hard to really narrow it or pinpoint why Dexter Loomis is targeting the Miz. But I, I think that he's just going after the Miz. And also, you could do this. He's just tired of the Miz carrying on, running his mouth. And this may be the guy that's, you know, obviously can stop him, mm -hmm. evidently. Yeah, I mean, they do say, like, I was watching a show yesterday, and they say, like, if you want to prove yourself, you take out someone so they know what you can do. So maybe he just wants to take out the miss to show everybody else, hey, don't fuck with me. I'm growing up like him. I mean, that could know. be it. And Miz is a star, so why not target yeah. one of the big superstars? I just hope there's more to it, though. I hope there's a whole story. I believe there him. there could be. I, I think they're yeah. just giving us little pieces that and uh, also keep us entertained. 
I don't know if they were trying to throw us off, but in the beginning weeks of it, it seemed like there, there was a second person that was helping him that was throwing the Miz off. So, I mean, we can't forget that, you know, they could be adding more people to this whole thing because it's a little weird. But let's move on. We have Nikki Ash in the ring. Nikki almost a superhero. And I got spoiled by this. Thanks, Carlos. Um, Candice LeRae yeah, comes you. out and she surprises everybody, not me. Um, and Candice nails a drop kick. Uh, and then Nikki traps Candace in the apron and starts to nail blows to Candace. Uh, Candace with blows to Nikki, and then she nails a super kick and a twisting neckbreaker off the top rope. Candace LeRae gets the win. Candace is one of my favorites when she was in NXT. She was great. She's fucking hardcore. She's married to Johnny Gargano. That's a plus. Um, but what do you think about seeing Candace LeRae? I was happy to see her on the main roster. I was very ecstatic for Candice LeRae. I, I'm so happy to see her get this chance. Uh, and to see, you know, the match against Nikki was good. Uh, we're finally, I think, going to get the old Nikki Cross, which I hope, because, boy, this uh, this hero gimmick is definitely... I'm so ready. over, man. Makes... Yeah, me me as well. But I, to your point, I, I was just so happy for Candice LeRae. Uh, she can do amazing things. You talked about her versatility. And mm -hmm. to be up there with her husband, that's pretty cool on Raw, Johnny Gargano. Yeah, he made a little tweet that was like Quinn wasn't the only one training to get back in the ring, and uh, she was there. So big surprise, happy to see Candice. I mean, think of the matches: Candice versus Bianca, Candice versus Liv, Candice versus Becky versus Asuka, Io. I mean, holy shit! There's a lot uh, of matches there. she could have. Bailey, come on. Um. All right, so we see another interview at Judgment Day backstage. Nothing really important here. Them just gloating as usual. We have our next match, AJ Styles taking on Sami Zayn with Solo Sokoa. AJ nails a torture rack bomb and gets a two count. Sami nails a blue thunder bomb and gets a two as well. And then he also nails a modified orange crust crush. Blah, blah, blah. He nails I a get two what you're saying. It was cool to see Sami pull out some old moves in this match. Uh, Sami then sends AJ over the timekeeper's area, but AJ is able to break the count. Styles nails a Pele kick. Sammy goes for a Huluva kick. However, AJ Styles rolls out of the way. AJ applies a calf crusher. However, Sammy grabs the ropes. And then um, Solo Sokoa then gets involved and nails a Uranagi onto the apron to AJ Styles, allowing Sammy to hit the Huluva kick, and he gets a three count. Sammy proving, don't fuck with me. I'm a member of the bloodline. Stop opening your mouth. They got my back. Let's quickly talk about the match. Um... What do you think about Sami Zayn getting the working with the bloodline? I mean, I know it's been a good. A lot of people have enjoyed it. Uh, Solo is more behind Sami than it looks like Jay is. Right. What do you think? I like uh, Solo Sequoia with Sami Zayn. Uh, it's been very entertaining. Sami Zayn has helped make WWE TV watchable. I mean, him and, and the bloodline: Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, and then. Yeah, they're the other cousin, uh, Sequoia. Yep. I like, and AJ Styles, phenomenal one for a reason. One of the best, like Seth Rollins. It was a great match. I like this pairing, and I like seeing Sami Zayn get the win. It's not going to hurt AJ. Mm -hmm. So I, I like seeing Zayn go over here, and I like the interference by Sequoia. Mm -hmm. um, or Sequoia. How do you say it? Gosh, Sequoia. Sequoia. Like the, like the Sequoia. I'm going to say that a hundred times. I was laughing thing. at myself. I was like, gosh, can I get it out? Actually, Sequoia. did better the first time. Yeah. That's hard to pronounce. Sequoia. Um, let's talk about what happens after the match. So afterwards, Judgment Day then come out, and Finn then asks AJ Styles to join again. AJ turns him down. So then Judgment Day attack. Um, they end up putting a chair across AJ Styles' neck, and uh, Finn's about to step on the chair, but he says no. 
we're friends and that's not what friends do so he's sending a message here he's saying you know right now i'm your friend you know i could have stepped on this chair and broke your neck i didn't i'm still your friend but you know if i have to keep asking don't forget the position i just put you in so he's sending a message there to aj do you think aj was going to join the judgment day i think it would be too obvious i think it's good not to have everybody involved I think there's other members and wrestlers I could see making more sense. AJ, even though him and Finn had the history, I think you can have too many members and mm-hmm. really dilute uh, the brand within the brand, and that would be Judgment Day. So I, I kind of hope not. That's just me. I mean, I, I don't mind a heel AJ, but I, I've kind of liked this babyface run lately. Let's not uh, end it just yet. Yeah. I feel like this whole, like, babyface, he hasn't had a chance to really do anything with it. So I agree. Too many cooks in the kitchen isn't good for any group. So we'll see what happens. I agree. We are now at our main event. We have Matt Riddle taking on Damian Priest. And I saw bits and pieces of this. I'm not going to lie. Um, so I'll just tell you the end result. Matt Riddle gets the win after a roll-up. It was a highly contested bout. There was a moment where Damian Priest, like I think he choke slammed Riddle hard back first onto the guard railing. I believe so. Um, is a hard-fought victory for Riddle. After the match, Judgment Day has hacks until Edge comes back. He returns. This is like the 10th time Edge has come back, and I love yeah, Edge. Edge. Oh, I do. I, I don't care. Let him return all he wants to. Edge is my number one favorite. So I see Edge. He comes out, and he clears house, and he says the Radar Superstar will always come back, and he goes on and challenges Finn Balor to an I Quit match at Extreme Rules. And what I'm liking about this card for Extreme Rules so far is every match has a stipulation. Um, let's go over the card quick, and then we'll talk. Well, pause. Talk about the challenge by Edge to Finn sure. Balor for the Equin match. Yeah, you want to talk about the match? <laughs> yeah, that's what, what I like, What are your thoughts? Do you think that that's a proper? I guess I didn't mean to, I didn't throw it out there more for you. Do you think it's like? Like this, that stipulation I quit. Do you think it's a proper stipulation for this match? And, uh, you know, do you think this will be the final Finn versus Edge Judgment Day over? Because I feel like Edge created I, Judgment Day. I think Day. it's a proper one. Yeah, I, yeah. I like the I quit uh, stipulation because not every match can be a ladder match. Not every match can be the, the fight pit. So you have to have something different, but yet it's a stipulation. And it, it does push you. Not everything's got to have chairs and tables to be hardcore. Hey, it can be hardcore. If you can only utter two words, I quit. So I really like how they're going about this whole concept with Edge and Finn Balor. And we haven't seen him uh, wrestle before. He said it on the microphone. So that alone, we're going to get a dream match. Yep, yep, yep. Um, It's going to be a bomb match. I'm excited for it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Let's quickly um go over the, the card for Extreme Rules. There's only a couple of matches we know. The Fight Pit. Matt Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins. We can discuss it here because it's been on the news. Supposedly former UFC fighter and champion, right? Daniel, how do you say, Cormier? Yeah. Daniel Cormier will be the special guest referee for that match. Don't mess with him. No, don't don't get him mad. Don't get him mad. Also on the Raw side, we're going to have the um, I Quit match between Finn Balor and Edge. That's going to be a hell of a match. We also on the Raw. 
Can't wait for that one. Also on the Raw side, the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair defending against Bailey in a ladder match. That's going to be epic. Let's talk about SmackDown side of things. On SmackDown, we have the special strap match between Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre. These two are finally going to meet up in the ring. We also have the... Um, I have to remember the actual name. I think it's like a brawling... It's like a O'Donnell something fight match between the Brawling Brutes and Imperium. Those six guys have been going at it for weeks. Oh, I think it's a Donnie Brook. It's like a Donnie Brook. Oh, I'm all for it. I'm down for that. That's going to be a hell of a match. And then um, the SmackDown Women's Champion Liv Morgan will be defending against Ronda Rousey in an Extreme Rules match. Both women showing that they can go extreme. This is going to be a great pay-per-view. There's been teases about a white rabbit. Can we talk about this, Tyler? I, I mentioned this before. I'm going to say it again. I don't know if you've seen this. If you take a look at the promo picture for Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins, you can see in the background there's fireflies. You can see a lantern. Oh, you can. It's very. You totally can see it. It's, it's not used in every picture um, except for that one. But Ray Wyatt might show up. So it's going to be live in Philadelphia October 8th. I think it starts at 8 o'clock the day after my birthday, so that will be a great birthday present. Oh, that'll be a great birthday gift. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Tyler, let's go back to Raw really quick. What was your favorite moment of the night from Raw? Uh, favorite moment? I think the the Riddle-Rollins brawl. I think they had a – when it went off the air, even it didn't mm-hmm. even have to be in the show. Edge returning was big. Bianca Belair, Knoxville, Tennessee, UT, yeah. University of Tennessee, so I'm partial anyways, but she is a, a great wrestler. Love her and, and Bailey, the whole damage control and, and Alexa Bliss, Asuka. Love Kevin Owens, Johnny Gargano uh, mm-hmm. against the Alpha Academy. So that's been good stuff. Dexter Loomis and The Miz. There's been a lot of them. A lot of good stuff happening, man. Yeah, and on SmackDown as well. Mm-hmm. For me, for uh, I enjoyed Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio match-wise. And moment, I really liked um, – I also like seeing Candice LeRae come back. But obviously, Edge coming back. Oh, LeRae's another one. Yeah, Edge challenging Balor was probably the moment of the night for me. Um, so, Tyler, thank you for joining me. We have a little bit. So oh, you're welcome. Tell me quick where people can find you if they're not listening to you on the Uncensored Wrestling Podcast. Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on the Rewind Wrestling Radio Podcast on that network. They can find me on Back When with Danny and Tyler. And they can find me on Standing Strong with uh, host Waylon Myers and the Uncensored Wrestling Podcast with yours truly and here. And uh, Wrestle Buddy and Geek Buddy, those websites, respectively. Geek Buddy, very cool. Very cool sites, very cool stuff. Um, any update? I, I don't mean to put you on the spot here. It's okay if you don't have anything. What's happening for you with Extreme Rules? Are you doing any kind of recap thing? What's going on with you for that? I think... It's possible me and some of the other writers will probably be doing some live coverage, and that means writing. Uh, so we'll be uh, trying to keep everybody up to date, or we'll be keeping up everybody mm-hmm. up to date on some of the uh, information uh, regarding the matches. So I look for that. So then I'll, we'll talk. We'll do another. We'll do an episode before. Um, we'll do it like an hour to years, and I'll let people know where to find that. But like, do you know where that will be happening yet, or will that be coming soon? Uh, that will be happening on WrestleBuddy.com. Just put it in your search engine. Also, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all the social media sites. Uh, you, and is it going to be, gonna be it, not to cut you off, is it going to be like sort of like a like live play-by-play coverage, or is it going to be kind of like 
Uh, it's kind of play by play, but it's it's more or less like a, a recap, like how we do on gotcha. podcasts. But you know, it's going to have play by play. You'll get some of the moves the the best we can because you know all the action is going to be happening so fast, mm-hmm. and we try to you know put it into context, but you know not go too detailed because it, it everything's happening so fast, even though it, it'll last a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for checking us out. Be sure to check out Tyler. We will be back. Enjoy this week's episode of Raw, and we will see, see you soon. Thank you, Tyler. Bye, guys. Oh, you're welcome.